The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Action Network Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel with Golf Bet. He is Peter Jennings, and we are going to get into some good PGA Championship talk. Man, it was worth the wait, at least if you're going to wait over a year for a major championship, at least we get one like that, a great course, a great leaderboard, and a great champion in Colin Morikawa. We're going to get into all of that, and of course... Breaking down this week's Wyndham Championship. It never stops, Peter. We get right into this one. Give me one thing real quick that you like this week before we get into our review of this past weekend. Yeah, I'm excited to review this past weekend, but of course want to give something actionable this week. I've been on Ryan Moore a ton. He's playing really good golf. Uh, missed the cut initially in a couple events which suppressed his value. Weaker field. He's one of the guys kind of in that upper mid-tier that I think is worth buying in a lot of formats. Interesting. I like that. And by the way, Ryan Moore's longtime caddy, J.J. Jakovic, who started working for Colin Morikawa last year, he, he's doing okay for himself as well. So uh, maybe there's some good vibes with that. And by the way, guys, before we get into the PGA Championship, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, write a quick review. It only takes about 30 seconds to do, and we would appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episode list, and there at the bottom you'll see ratings and reviews. I was so excited to read that promo. I didn't even give my pick. I'm just going to tell you, Pete, I'm making a house call this week. The doctor is in. I hope. I'll leave it at that. If you don't know who I'm talking about, well, you better figure it out because we're going to be talking about uh, the good doc who I like a lot at the Wyndham Championship this week, trending in the right direction. But first, as promised, let's get to this past week's PGA Championship. It it looked, Pete, for, for a little while there on the back nine, we're all like kind of rubbing our hands together going, ooh, we, we get a seven-man playoff here? We, we getting something really special? This could be so cool with a, a three-hole aggregate playoff, especially starting on 16. Um, Colin Morikawa changed those plans very, very quickly. Chip it on 14 for birdie. We said, oh, there's the shot of the tournament right there. Well, two holes later, he actually did hit what was the shot of the tournament. Uh, one of the best drives that uh, you will see. Very, very similar to what he did down the stretch at the Workday Charity Open uh, about a month ago. We should have seen this coming. A just fantastic drive on the drivable par four, 16th hole. By the way, they should make it an absolute law that a major championship can't not have a drivable par four down the stretch because I, who watched that and said, eh, I don't know, wasn't that cool of a hole, wasn't really that much fun. I mean, that was fantastic. And then uh, he basically clinched it there with the eagle and, uh, and it was pretty much all over. So I guess let's get into quick thoughts. I, I know you've been a big Morikawa guy for a long time, and I think uh, pretty much everyone is on Morikawa right now. Everyone understands just how good this kid is and how good he's going to be for a long time. Yeah, I mean, so many thoughts. Um, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I've been on Colin Morikawa. Look at how smart I am. 
he was the most popular pick this week. Um, most owned guy on DraftKings, especially in high stakes. Uh, California kid, way too cheap in the markets. And just overall, I mean, a perfect golf course for him in a lot of ways. Uh, but it was awesome to see him win. Um, I'm a huge fan of him personally. And, uh, you know, I think obviously he's an amazing golfer. Bum does it better because I've been just loading up a Morikawa for a long time. And the days of getting any sort of value on Morikawa are probably over. Uh, one other just quick note on how good of a player he is and how much of a prodigy he's been in college. Uh, he went through kind of a, you know, a lot of shot, uh, you know, track man stuff and whatever. And, you know, they have the dispersions of PGA Tour pros. His dispersion on his six iron was the equivalent of a pitching wedge for the average PGA Tour <laughs> pro, which is evident. He's the best iron player in the world. It's not close now. If you look at the proximity stats, I still love JT. I think JT is, could, you know, is an amazing, amazing iron player, but, uh, more cowers iron game. Um, and I don't mean to step out of bounds here because tiger is the, in my opinion, the best golfer of all time, but more cowers game iron game is, is very similar in terms of just statistics, uh, to what tiger was doing from 2000 to 2010, the best iron player of all time. Um, and that says a ton. I know you want, I know you want to jump in. So jump in real quick. I, I just wanted to say for the last 24 hours, I've tried to temper expectations a little bit. And anytime I've done probably a dozen radio interviews in the 24 hours since the PGA championship was completed. And each one of them, I said, don't, don't say the T word. Don't, don't do it. It's just, I no, you did it, but you did it statistically. And I'm okay with that. If we're just going to say, Hey, could he be the next tiger? Nah, just don't, don't, no one's going to be the next tiger. Just don't do it. Don't leap. Don't, don't heap that upon his shoulders. Uh, He doesn't deserve that. Nobody else deserves it. Uh, It's just not worth it. I don't mind what you just did because it's statistical and it's, hey, based on these numbers, he hits irons as well as Tiger was hitting irons. That, that is fine. I have zero problem with that, Pete. Yeah, and Tiger 2000-2010 was also one of the best putters, was amazing around the green, was also longer than everyone. You know, Morikawa is none of those things. He's incredibly accurate, so he's gaining a ton of strokes off the tee. Uh, Justin Thomas eloquently tweeted that he gained strokes, off, you know, he's led in proximity, led in accuracy off the tee, and led in putting, which – Leading in putting is a lot of luck. Um, and Colin is by no means a great putter. He's talked about how much he's worked on it. So he has a great putting week. He wins, um, which, you know, is great for him. And, yeah, the 16 drive was a perfect setup for him. We saw it at the workday. Uh, after Hovland hit in the water, he made an incredible drive. That is his strength. And that was a perfect setup. I mean, he hits a baby cut almost always. And that was just literally the perfect setup. He could hit driver when a lot of the really long guys were kind of in between a three wood and a driver. So, a lot of things worked in his favor, but I can't say enough good things about him as a person um, and just everyone who's around the guy just supports him. And, yeah, the iron game is the one part that, like, it's, it's off the charts. His stats on, on his iron game, we've talked about it. Even before this week, he's leading in proximity in basically every single stat, 75 to 200 yards. You look at any of those ranges, literally number one is Colin Morikawa. So, so three quick reactions to that. First of all, we've spoken about him. He is – as mature a 23-year-old as I've ever spoken with. I mean, he is well-spoken, he is articulate, he's intelligent, um, and I think that helps on the golf course too. I mean, that's not just, wow, he's really good in interviews. It's, no, he's able to think his way around the golf course, which leads to the second point, which is the fact that we spent so much time over the last couple of months talking about Bryson DeChambeau, and by we, I mean everybody in the game of golf talking about oh, man, you know, we're going to have to roll back the ball and the ball's going too far. These guys are mashing it and they're just 
destroying golf courses. Isn't it interesting that with all those big hitters up on the board, Bryson and Dustin Johnson and Cameron Champ and Scotty Scheffler moves it out there, Tony Finau absolutely bombs the ball. All these big hitters up there on the leaderboard at TPC Harding Park, and it was the guy who's the shortest of all of them but hits the most precise iron shots who's the guy that goes out and wins the golf tournament. I, th- I think that's probably a good thing for the game. I think the game probably wins a little bit when Morikawa wins that golf tournament. And the third thing, Pete, we talked about trends last week, and I had written a couple of pieces that were um, based on some trends. And I mentioned last week that 18 of the last 20 PGA Championship winners had finished in the top 30 in their last start going into their win. 16 of the last 20 PGA Championship winners had won a golf tournament earlier that year before they won the PGA. Then there was another trend. The last 20 major winners going back five years, the average major champion had been 35 to one in the books and ranked 11th on the board going into that major championship. Colin Morikawa checked every single box perfectly. I mean, it's like there was lights flashing Colin Morikawa's name at us telling us he is going to win based on all the trends. Yep. And he's a California kid. He played there. There's a narrative to back up all the statistics and the PGA championship to your point. uh, There's been a lot of research and there's a lot of great stuff on Twitter showing PGA championship actually brings out the most skill. Uh, Historically, if you look at the results, the most skillful golfers do the best. Uh, The majors obviously bring out skill in general, but of all of them, the one that rewards skill the most that has the least amount of noise historically has been the PGA championship and look at the leaderboard. We had almost all the best golfers. Yeah. A couple guys, you know, Rom kind of charged a little bit Sunday. Wasn't quite there. Rory didn't have his best stuff, but for the most part, we had basically all the best golfers in contention and Colin Morikawa. I mean, he's right there. It's hard to argue any other golfer over him. I mean, I certainly would take a couple guys still at this point, but in the $5,000 tournament, the Thunderdome on DraftKings, 55% of my goodness. Boy, how hard was it last week to cash anything on DraftKings? I had a buddy who sent me his team on Saturday night going into the final round. He had gotten six of six through to the weekend. At that point, he had five guys in the top seven. Remember the log jam that was up there. But he had five guys inside the top seven. And the sixth guy was Spieth, who was way down the list, obviously, but had at least made the cut. He was barely cashing at that point with five guys inside the top seven in his six-man lineup. The DFS industry was so sharp this week. Basically, the chalk hit huge, and everyone was all overall. I mean, Finau was heavily owned. DJ was actually heavily owned. Morikawa was the chalkiest golfer. Scheffler was a popular, cheaper pick. It was just all the guys at the top of the leaderboard the DFS community nailed. So uh, you saw a lot of it on Twitter. Everyone's touting how great they are, how great they are predicting things. Listen, (laughs) I get it, but most people got it right last week. So temper temper the uh, exuberance on, on how smart you are about predicting. <laughs> I love how you put that. I, uh, and I love that about you, Pete. There's so many people in the, uh, the DFS industry and the betting industry will be like, you know, pounding their chest whenever, you know, the chalk hits. And they're like, hey, look at me. And you know what? And I, I said it on this podcast last week because yeah. I, I picked Justin Thomas to win the uh, WGC FedEx the the previous week and he did win and you were trying to give me some credit for it. I said look I, I picked the, one of the best players in the world and he won a golf tournament I you can congratulate him on it don't congratulate me on picking him I didn't do anything special so um, yeah, I, I love the respect. fact that you say that. I love that about you Jason like and we're just here we're all we're avid golf fans and like 
yeah, we will take some victory laps if we can call some of these long shots, and maybe we can call a long shot this week. But, right, if you pick Colin Morikawa last week, I had some outrights on him, whoop-de-doo. Like, it's – you were right there with everyone else that, that had him, and I want to sting the books. I'm glad. Some of these chalky picks have hit. So, I'm, I'm happy to see that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the Wyndham. It's a less chalky week for sure. Gets everybody overconfident out there. Everyone starts thinking, oh, picking winners is easy, you know? JT the week before, we had Colin Morikawa this this week, uh, picking winners is easy. This might be the week where it gets a little bit tougher. The field is not quite as good. We're going to get into the Wyndham Championship in just a second. As a reminder, all summer long, Peter and I will be releasing PGA Tour betting previews to get you ready for these weekly tournaments, plus Matt Friedman, Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, three of the best in the business going position by position with their NFL fantasy previews leading up to week one of the NFL season, NBA betting, NFL futures betting. So many great episodes coming to this podcast feed in the weeks ahead. And I promised we'd get into the Wyndham Championship. So the first thing I want to start with, Peter, is uh, not necessarily the four guys at the top of the board because that's not what this is, but four guys coming off a PGA championship in which there are a ton of question marks around these big names and for some bigger question marks than others, but I'm just going to throw four names out at you and, and give me a quick take on each of them or one of them or, you know, whoever you want to take, but uh, Brooks Kepka, who tried to talk the talk on Saturday night, that didn't exactly work after the third round. He came out and fired a 74 on Sunday, only beat one other player in the field. I, I'm just thankful that he didn't come out after Sunday's final round, say, that's right, Jim Herman, I got you. You can't beat me, Jim Herman. I got four of these things. You don't have any. So there, there are definite question marks around Brooks Kepka going into a non-major. I don't know if he's going to be motivated to go out and win by 10 this week just to kind of quiet everybody down or if he's absolutely not going to care whatsoever and, and, and bounce on Friday afternoon. Jordan Spieth, uh, as many questions as ever, but I've got a little Jordan Spieth nugget that, that I'm going to throw out at you in a minute. So. Uh, no idea what to think of Jordan moving ahead, although he did have a nice Sunday playing with his buddy Ryan Palmer in the – Watch that whole round. Yeah, the most low-pressure uh, environment you could find. You just wanted to listen to Colt the whole time, didn't you? Love Colt and loved, loved the round that Ryan Palmer put down on Sunday. That was bigger than Morikawa even for me. Two more guys, Justin Rose, who had three missed cuts coming in. He split from his swing coach, Sean Foley, who was on the range working with Cameron Champ, which must have felt nice as – Rose was indeed contending at the PGA, um, played well in the final round, but just I still don't really know what to expect from Justin Rose right now. And then the fourth guy, Tommy Fleetwood, I spent a lot of time. I did 14 hours of Sirius XM PGA Tour radio from Thursday to Sunday, and every time they kept coming to me, the betting guy for, hey, who do you expect to kind of step up and really uh, get into the mix that, that isn't quite there, it's kind of lingering on the outside, and I kept going. Watch out for Tommy Fleetwood. The wind's going to blow. He's a good wind player. Keeps it in play. This is the guy to watch out for. And, boy, did that look bad because uh, Tommy Fleetwood just imploded on the weekend, never really got into it. I think he hit a ball OB on six yesterday off the tee, and that was all she wrote for Fleetwood. So um, not really sure what to expect. So uh, any of them, all of them, give me a take on this coming week and what you think could happen for these guys. Yeah, I have interesting taste on all of them. There's two other guys at the top that we'll, we'll get to in a second with Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed as well. Brooks Kapka watches on the gimme. I have a ton of thoughts. Um, I'm, I, I am not thrilled and uh, 
you know, I thought there, uh, Brooks Kepka was very polarizing for me. I am a very anti-Brooks guy after what I saw this weekend. And I get he was trying to pump himself up, but uh, bashing DJ and just kind of learning about the backstory there, uh, I thought was way out of line. And DJ has uh, a much better career so far than Brooks Kepka has, even though Brooks has more majors. So I thought that was way out of line. Uh, Justin Rose, easy, easy fade for me until I see more from him. Uh, I know the results were good, but the signal for Justin Rose is very weak, whereas the results were very good last week. Putted great, got up and down from everywhere. I'm seeing, you know, high 160s ball speed from Justin Rose off the tee. He was getting really long there for a stretch. Something's gone wrong. He's lost his distance. Uh, His ball striking has not been there, and that's evident by three missed cuts. And then, you know, played well this last week, but really had a lot of things go in his favor. Tons of uh, great putting and, and up and down, which I don't think is uh, reliable. You know, Jordan Spieth, I, I he was short Jordan Spieth initially, got a little bit more on him with the weather draw. And some of the stats are coming around, but he's still struggling off the tee. He is really struggling off the tee. And that might not matter as much this week, but uh, these golfers need to hit fairways. And Spieth can, I think Spieth can contend and win again if he can just get 20% better off the tee. If he can become average off the tee on the PGA Tour, I think he'll be in good shape. He certainly has the power, but when he chased that distance, he lost all his accuracy, and he's clearly lost. He's working really hard in the range on that driver swing, and uh, yeah, I'm still off him. And then Fleetwood is a huge buy. <laughs> Fleetwood is, the, of the top end guys, <laughs> I think Fleetwood is the guy to buy. I think you're totally right. Uh, elite ball striker, bad putter, but uh, you know, Paul Casey burned everyone before, finally made some putts, yeah. and he's Ending, yeah. so. I'll always buy the ball, good ball strikers, and Fleetwood is is elite. All right, so I'll I'll react to each of those, and first of all, I'll go to the, to Tommy Fleetwood's to start. And I, I agree with you. I like I said, I mean, I'm I was big on Fleetwood all weekend. I I kept hitting Fleetwood live, thinking, all right, you know, there's a good number on him. He's only four back at this point. He's gonna make a little run, and that the run just never happened. Um, I like now it gets down to the matter of, you know, how motivated is he to go to a Wyndham championship and go out and play his best golf? I, I think he's probably motivated, more motivated than at least two of the other guys, than Brooks and Justin. I, I think that Tommy uh, probably needs to make some FedEx Cup points uh, at this point to kind of at least buy himself a few more events in the playoffs. And so I, I think Tommy's probably pretty motivated to go out. Tommy's not a guy who who really goes out there and just kind of throws away golf tournaments. So, you know, go, hey, I'm – I'm going to go to Greensboro, North Carolina, but I'm not that really into it. I don't really care, so it doesn't really matter. If he's going there, he's he's putting everything he's got into it, so I do like Tommy. Uh, Jordan Spieth, as I mentioned earlier, I did a lot of SiriusXM PGA Tour radio over the weekend, and Fred Albers was our guy calling shots. He's fantastic, by the way. Fred Albers uh, does such a good job. And he told a story at one point, said he walked all 18 holes with Jordan Spieth in the final round of the 2000. 17 U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. I believe Jordan finished 35th that week and did have a good week, and it was very much like this past week. Made the cut, but he was out of it the whole time. And then it put up a, a decent number, especially on the back nine that Sunday afternoon. And Fred said he spoke with him afterwards, and Speed said, you know, I know I didn't play well this week, and I know I was way out of it, but I really grinded on that back nine. I, f- I feel like I kind of got something. I-, I feel like I found something on that back nine. Well, the very next week was that Travelers Championship where he holed out in the playoff from the bunker to beat Daniel Berger. A couple weeks later, he went and won the British Open. He hasn't won since, but that story just got me thinking a little bit of Jordan. I, 
Look, I am not bitten. I'm not touching Jordan at 35 to one this week. I, I'm not going near him for outrights, but I, I think at some point when we least expect it, which could be right now, Jordan Spieth goes out and, and plays some decent golf. Uh, Brooks Kepka, I'm with you. I thought it was a little Bush league. The fact that this was not just one interview. This is not just the TV interview on CBS, but this was uh, another TV interview, a radio interview, and an interview with the print reporters where Brooks was asked three or four different questions and kept coming back to the same answer, which was, I've got four of these. DJ's only got one. Nobody else out there has any. So, I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be me. I mean, it just sounded rehearsed. It sounded like rehearsed bravado where Kepka almost needed to not let everybody else know how much he's accomplished and how good he is, but he needed to let himself know. It's as if some sort of mental guru told Kepka, hey, you need to say it aloud. You need to hear yourself saying how good you are and what you've done. That said, you know, that's not to excuse him for any of it. And although I will throw out that as a reporter who's done hundreds and hundreds of interviews after final rounds uh, or after any round. I do want guys to be honest. So look, if the other side of this is Brooks comes off the golf course and says, Oh yeah, lots of good players out there. We'll see what happens. You know, hopefully I can beat them. Okay. Look, that's, that's kind of what we want them to say. But as a reporter, I want honesty. I want you to be honest out there and Brooks, at least give him credit at least for going out there and, speaking his mind and saying, you know, exactly what he thought of it as opposed to what we want him to say. So uh, give him a very little credit on that. So, and then the last guy, uh, Justin Rose, I'm with you. I just, I, I can't figure him out right now. He's 22 to one this week. I think it's basically for his name only. He had a decent week last week, um, but I just, I, I don't see it happening for him Lucky right now. So the week based on my data last week, Justin Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Luck, so, luck is the wrong. There's obviously skill in it, but in terms of predictive value going forward, the way Justin Rose scored is not a signal of like, you know, he's going to start doing sure. it. Like Colin Morikawa when he's going out and hitting fairways, not this week when he won, but like there's weeks where, you know, he finishes 20th or whatever, but he's hitting all the fairways, hitting it close and then missing putts. Same thing you said about Paul Casey missing the cut where he's hitting fairways, leading in proximity, and then just missing every putt. But those are the guys you want to buy, not, yep. not the guy who's getting up and down from all sorts of weird places. So let's start at the top here. I guess the question, Peter, is to Webb Simpson or not Webb Simpson this week. Uh, we all understand what he's done. He, he won here back in 2011. He's been top three each of the last three years, top six, five of the last six years. Um, look, I have one hard and fast rule in golf betting, Pete. And, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of rules, but I have one. And that one rule is when a player names one of his kids after the title sponsor of that tournament, you should probably take them at that tournament. I, you know, it's just, I don't know, call me crazy, but when you got a Wyndham in your, your crew at home, you probably take the guy at the Wyndham. Uh, what do you think of, of Webb Simpson this week and what he's done at this tournament? And obviously he loves this place. There's warts on basically every top end golfer. I could argue Fleetwood doesn't really have warts, but you could certainly make them given his past results. Um, but yeah, Webb is an easy buy. Uh, yeah, he's expensive in the markets, but Given the lack of star power and the warts on the other top-end guys, I think Webb is the easiest pick. And of the top-end guys, the guy I have the most conviction in terms of like his range of outcomes. Yeah, I guess it comes down to whether he's super, super chalky this week because um, if you and I know that Webb Simpson named his kid after 
the Wyndham Championship, and we know that Webb's record here is great, then everybody else does as well. And everybody's going to look at it and say, well, if I'm only going to take one guy at the top, I guess it'll be Webb. So He's the chalk guy like Morikawa. Like, if the chalk keeps hitting like it's hitting, it's, it's Webb's going <laughs> to so, Okay. All right. I, that, which I, I, I'm all about regression, but uh, it would be a very – it would align with what's happened so far in the COVID swing of Web 1 this week. Right, right. Uh, I mean, moving down a little bit, I, I like Patrick Reed. I mean, not at 16-1, to 1, but if you want to throw him in some lineups, I, I don't hate it. He's got a good track record, one in 2013. He's been top 25 at this one the last three years. And uh, Patrick Reed keeps playing his best golf on the weekends. We, we keep talking about it. He moved up from 25th to, to 13th at the PGA Championship on the weekend. So, I like guys who grind on the weekends, even when they're not in it. And Patrick Reed is showing why he's got that uh, reputation as a guy who does grind. Pity me of a grinder. Like you have certain guys, you're like, oh, they might not be in it. Mentally, they might check out. You're never worried about that with Patrick Reed, which is a nice thing. Let's move down to this sweet spot a little bit where I I think we're going to find some more value here. Harris English, which, man, I don't like that 28 to 1 number. Boy, he's played well. Billy Horschel, I know you're usually a big fan of him. Sunjay M is kind of. Taking a little downturn. We haven't seen a lot of Sungjae Im lately. Brendan Todd, like every week, is you know is kind of right there. Ryan Moore, you mentioned off the top. I know you like him this week. Kevin Kisner could uh, could have a nice week. He played okay last week. Siwoo Kim has had a little resurgence lately, and uh, this could be a very good Siwoo Kim week. Who's another past champion in this field? I'm just reading down names now. Shane Lowry, Ches Reevy. Corey Connors. I'm going to keep reading until I get to my guy who's, God, man, is he way back there. Uh, you can tell I'm just taking a first look at some of the odds right now. But Corey Connors, Russell Henley, Brent Snedeker, past champion a couple of years ago, Joaquin Neiman, Tom Lewis, Luke List, JT Poston, 70 to 1, Doc Redman. I, I, I love the doctor this week. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I think he's one of the best values on the board. My only concern is he might be chalky. I think that he stands out. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that you just named. I'm very bullish on Ryan Moore, always buying Billy Horschel. Um, but, yeah, this could be a week. You know, we saw really low scores win last year. It's going to be a birdie fest. Patrick Rogers is someone that kind of comes out. I can see Luke List if he makes some putts. Uh, Siwoo Kim is starting to play well. He normally has pretty polarizing outcomes, but he's starting to trend. And if you look at the data on Siwoo Kim, he's either playing really bad or playing really well, and we've kind of talked about momentum golfers, Siwoo Kim might be the poster child for momentum golfers. Yeah, His results are really good or really bad in like a magnifying way that uh, he's starting to trend hard. That I, I think he's a good buy, and given the course history, which is why his odds are so short relative to where we've seen him. Sure, uh, and, and they should be, because he's a guy that's shown that when he's got a C game, it's probably a worse C game than a lot of other guys out there. When he's got his A game, it's probably a better A game than a lot of other players of sort of his level have. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Siwoo Kim. I like him a lot this week. I mentioned Doc Redman. I mean, Doc's just – he's trending in the right direction. He's got four top 30 finishes in his last six starts. Giddy up! Let's bet horses for courses. I'm going to throw this out at you. It's a Donald Ross course, Sedgefield country club and we don't see a whole lot of donald ross courses on the pga tour but we did see one about six weeks ago in detroit golf club which is where doc redmond finished runner-up last year and t21 this year any sort of correlation between guys who played well in detroit the last couple of years and maybe a guy who might play well at sedgefield 
Uh, yes, and look at the scoring. I mean, Detroit was a birdie fest. Based on historical results, this looks like a birdie fest. And just to go back real quickly on uh, Harris English, uh, tons of sharp DFS guys have been on him, playing some great golf. He's talked about some of the things that he's changed in his life to get back to this place. And, yeah, he's playing awesome golf and someone that I'm buying for sure. By the way, looking at the leaderboard from the Rocket Mortgage Classic this year, Bryson DeChambeau won. He's not in the field. Matthew Wolf in second. He is not here. But Kevin Kisner, who is in third place, and I mentioned his name, that – uh, not a bad play this week. I don't hate it. Maverick McNeely in T8. Don't hate that. Sepp Straka, who'd been playing some pretty good golf, and uh, uh, he is trending in the right direction. He was T8. Webb Simpson was T8. Oh, surprise, surprise. Okay, well, I, I wasn't going to take Webb Simpson because he named his kid Wyndham or because he plays really well and finishes top three at this tournament every single year. But, eh, well, he was top 10 at Detroit, and that's a correlating golf course with it being a Donald Ross design. So, okay, talk me into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like we're piling on with Webb Simpson at, at this point. So uh, those are a few guys. Tom Lewis was up there, T12, and then Doc Redman, T21. So at least some names up there of guys who, uh, who could be decent plays this week. I'm going to throw another name at you, a uh, guy that we love personally, a guy that we uh, – I'm waiting for him to pop. And he is, in the last three years at this golf tournament, posted a – an opening round 63 and two 66s and never quite kind of hung on to really be in contention, but he considers it his home event, which by the way, Doc Redmond does as well. He, he grew up in North Carolina, Harold Varner, the third grew up about 90 minutes away. loves this golf tournament. Any thoughts on Harold Varner, the third having a nice week this week. Yeah. I had a lot of uh, in tournament bets on Harold Varner to be like top 20, top 10, made a nice early charge on Sunday and then fell off. But uh, really underrated ball striker, really good off the tee, which I value a lot. And he is someone that uh, I definitely want to be buying. And uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting players kind of in this bottom tier too, that some of the similar names that we've talked about, but uh, really cheap price tags, especially over on DraftKings. So Varner, I'd say is kind of in that mid tier of guys that I've been on, but uh, definitely like him and someone that uh, I've been kind of contrarian, I guess, in, in buying him so often in DFS. I'll throw a couple names, and I wrote my preview piece already. It's up there on the Action Network, the Action Network app. You can find that there, and, of course, all our coverage on Golf Bet. Uh, Robbie Shelton I'll throw out at you, just sort of a hunchy, you know, guy who grew up in the southeast, likes Bermuda Greens. He was uh, T3 at the 3M Open a few weeks back. He's one name, and Adam Shank is another kind of southeast guy who should like some Bermuda Greens. What do you think of those? Love Shank. Haven't looked at Shelton, um, but we get to this bottom tier. And I think there's a ton of names. Like, I'm really excited. I don't know exactly how I want to build DraftKings teams this week. I still have to run a couple of things. But so many guys in the 7K range that, uh, especially when you compare it to kind of that mid-tier, there's a couple guys I really like, but there's some guys I'm like, huh, he's a 1,000 more than this guy or whatever. Uh, it's surprising. Bud Colley, coming off a really good week, uh, was the talk of the whole PGA Championship on Thursday. You know, an elite amateur golfer who had a horrific accident, starting to play some really good golf. Like him at 7,200 on DraftKings, decent odds on him. Sam Burns, uh, kind of a similar story without the accident, but super high-end talent, amazing amateur career, has shown flashes on the PGA Tour. He's kind of in the bottom tier of this range. He's more talented than a lot of golfers in this field. Mm -hmm. Vegas, someone that we're constantly on, he's 7,000 on DraftKings. Um, And I get it, his form isn't great, but 
Uh, Vegas is someone that I want to be buying. I know you like him. And then, you know, I have my normal names kind of towards the bottom that I think are really interesting. Aaron Wise, I'm always going to be buying. He's missed a ton of cuts. He's been one of the unluckiest golfers based on my stats so far. Another elite amateur. And Jason Kokrak missed the cut last week. Was somewhat popular amongst some sharps, but uh, another just bigger talent than some of these other guys. So uh, I do think this bottom tier has a lot of value. And uh, if you like some of the stars at the top, you can make a lot of lineups on DraftKings with these 7K guys. Any reactions? Wait, yeah, I've been waiting a while for Jason Kokrak to pop. It hasn't quite happened for him this year. I, Man, you look at Kokrak. You go watch him on the range and, you know, you can – you know, kind of put a paper bag over the heads of, you know, 50 guys out on the range. You just look at their swings, look at how they're hitting the ball. You look at Kokrak and you say, oh, he's, he's got a little something there. And I, I, you know, I know Jason pretty well. And uh, I think he's a really solid player. He's a guy that I've kind of been waiting to kind of move up a level at some point. You know, he's like, okay, he's, he's a good player. I've been waiting for him to be a guy who, you know, sort of, not, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 player in the world, but a guy that kind of consistently gets into the WGCs, a guy that, kind of makes a run at getting to East Lake and getting to the tour championship, a guy that's playing in all the majors. Yeah, it's, and it's not quite there for Kokrak just yet. He hasn't had the greatest season. So I'm still kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, yeah. So, and, and I like some of those other names. Vegas is a guy who is just criminally undervalued on, on a weekly basis. I will be, uh, I hadn't thought about him that much for this week, but I will be very mad if I'm not on him on a week that he does pop because he is a guy that, uh, you and I look at it all the time. We say, you know, look at Jonathan Vegas, he's, he's a really good player. Another one, just he passes the eyeball test when you're standing on the range and you're watching this guy hit. Another just big guy with good hands around the green. So, I, you know, I, I just don't see why, and he's he's won before. I just don't see why he doesn't get any more respect. So speaking of DFS, we are going to make our ultimate DraftKings lineup in just a second here. But first, once again, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to Hit the Apple Podcast and give us a five-star rating. Why five stars? Because you can't do more than that. Write a quick review as well. It only takes about 30 seconds. We would really appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcast, tap the Action Network Podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episodes list, and there at the bottom, right there, you see it right there, ratings and reviews. Rate us, review us. Don't be that mean to us. We appreciate it. So uh, let us get into our weekly DraftKings Ultimate lineup. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. I want you to go first and kind of set the, uh, set the tone for us here. Well, it's gonna, I think it's tough to spend money. I think that's where Webb could be, the, the, the chalky flex. So I'll go away from Webb go with a little different build sounds like we're both on Fleetwood I thought you made great bets on Fleetwood the signal was extremely strong you know hitting a ball out of bounds on six and just kind of losing it off the tee was uh, really surprising a a guy who uh, you know objectively from a statistical standpoint was right there with Rory he's one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world Uh, I think that'll come back I think his ball striking's there and he's knocked a little bit of the rust off playing competitive golf he's playing again this week so I like Tommy Fleetwood a lot at 10,500 sold uh you don't have to sell me on tommy fleetwood ever but uh, i'm sold right there so i'm gonna go with the guy that i mentioned right off the top of the show and the guy that i'm kind of banking on this week is my favorite play and that's the doctor uh you know let's let's see doc redmond do something he's been trending in the right direction 
back home in North Carolina should feel very comfortable at this golf tournament at 7,800. I think that's a really good price for Doc Redman. And, and I'm, I'm surprised his odds are that low at 70 to one. I may, as soon as this show is over, go hit Doc Redman at that number before it gets any better than that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think he's undervalued at 7,800. Only concern is he might be chalky, but I really like him. And I'll follow suit with the guy I mentioned off the top and Ryan Moore at 8,100. Uh, a guy who missed a couple cuts but is starting to come on strong. Just a better golfer than his current price, especially when you put him at a uh, you know different type of uh, field. Um, so I think he is someone that, in general, uh, is a guy you want to be buying. Um, there's a little bit of news on him. I'm going to make sure everything's fine. But last two results, finished T12 at the 3M Open. At the Barracuda, finished T12. Um, I think he's an just a guy who's trending in the right direction and has a really prestigious amateur record. And I guess the only thing that's held him back is he's not very long relative to these other guys, but mm-hmm. uh, in a field where it's not just superstars, not in a major course, I'm buying Ryan Moore. I can tell you that Ryan Moore seeing his old caddy, um, JJ Jakovic, who I mentioned earlier, uh, win a, a major championship on the bag of Colin Moore. Cat, that might be enough to, to get him going a little bit this week. Ryan, I feel like, you know, and I know Ryan very well, I feel like Ryan kind of needs to be pushed a little once in a while. Just needs a little bit of motivation to go out there and, you know, go play his best golf. But uh, they're really good friends, had been together for a really long time. So I don't know what the relationship is like now. But I, I just think, you know, I, I think you might see that and go, yeah, okay, yeah, let me show you something too. So um, I, I like that Ryan Moore play as well. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I mentioned earlier. Uh, he had it really going in the final round at, at Harding Park and then kind of uh, lost a little bit at the end, finished with the final round 70, but did uh, did have two middle rounds of 66, 69, uh, a nice showing of 29th place, and that's Harold Varner the third. Yes, it just pop in, in the right di- moving in the right direction. It, it's a home game. Uh, maybe I'm overvaluing the home play, but I just think these guys going back on Bermuda grass, haven't seen any Bermuda grass in a while. I think the guys that – uh, that grew up with it, that uh, are used to playing it at home, wherever they live. I just think this is going to help them a little bit, give them a little advantage. So I am all in on HV3 this week. Love that pick, consistently buying Harold Varner. And I'll leave you with some money. I'm going to go with Bud Colley, who I think is a really strong pick this week. 7200 is a cheap price tag. And, yeah, we've seen him in that kind of range before, but this is a diluted field and coming off a really strong week at the PGA. Like Bud Colley at 7200 Again, a guy who had a, a big amateur career, uh, had a lot of uh, upside coming in, had that horrific accident, and now he's really finding his form. So I like Bud Colley quite a bit. Yeah, I like that play a lot. So you're leaving me 8,800 on the board. A month ago, if I had 8,800 on the board and Sungjae Im was sitting there at 8,800, I, we're not even having a conversation. I just click on him. We leave nothing on the table and we're done. I'm bypassing Sungjae. I, I did not think, and, and by the way, when, when we're talking about golfers, when we're talking about whether it's Colin Morikawa or whoever else, well, this guy, if he plays like this, he's going to be a superstar, and he's never going to miss. And uh, how is he ever not going to be on the leaderboard? But remember we were saying this about Sungjae where it's like, guy's a machine. He plays every week, and he looks great every week. He's going to be in the leaderboard every single week. He's going to be a top-ten player. And all of a sudden, you know, that – Take nothing away from Sungjae. He's going to have a very long, fruitful career, but it just doesn't happen that way. You have ebbs and flows. Golf is cyclical, and right now he is sort of in this down cycle. And at some point in the very near future, he will get it back. But right now, 
it's just not going right for him. And we should remember that when talking about other players as well, because at some point, Colin Morikawa isn't going to look like the Colin Morikawa that won the PGA Championship this week. And that's okay, because we just know he has it in him at some point. So, any case, long story short, skipping over him. I like Shane Lowry at 8,700. I'm going to skip him. Another one where a month ago, if you had told me Siwoo Kim was going to be $100 more expensive than Sergio Garcia, I would have said, give me Garcia and leave Kim on the board. You know what? I'm leaving Garcia on the board. I'm taking Siwoo Kim, past champion of the Wyndham Championship, trending in the right direction. We talked about him being a momentum player. And I am, I love Siwoo this week. I don't say that very often. He is, uh, he has as much variance as pretty much any golfer on the PGA Tour. But hey, uh, got to take a shot. And uh, if you're ever going to take a shot on Siwoo Kim, this is probably the week to do it. So going down the list, our team, Pete, Tommy Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim, Ryan Moore, Doc Redman, Harold Varner III, and Bud Cauley with $200 left on the table in DraftKings. What do you think of that squad? I love the squad, and I'm stoked for this week. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. And you and I get up for these things, and I can't wait for this one. Catch us on The Gimme every Wednesday evening, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Check your local social channels. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Here's hoping you hit the green this week. We're finished talking.